Chapter fourteen of Prince Henry the Navigator, the Hero of Portugal and of Modern Discovery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Prince Henry the Navigator by Charles Raymond Beasley. Chapter fourteen voyages of fourteen forty six to eight and yet but for the enterprise of zarco's crew this expedition of fourteen forty five that began with so much promise and on which so much time and trouble had been spent was almost fruitless of novelties of discoveries of the main end and object of all the prince's voyages the next attempt made by nuno tristam in fourteen forty six ended in the most disastrous finish that had yet befallen the christian seamen of spain nuno who had been brought up from boyhood at the prince's court seeing how earnest he was that his caravels should explore the land of the negroes and knowing how some had already passed the river of nile thought that if he should not do something of right good service to the infant in that land he could in no wise gain the name of a brave knight so he armed a caravel and began sail not stopping anywhere that he might come straight to the black man's land and passing by cape verda he sailed on sixty leagues and found a river where he judged there ought to be some people living so he bade them lower two small boats and put ten men in the one and twelve in the other which pulled straight towards some huts they sighted ahead of them but before they could jump on shore twelve canoes came out on the other side and seventy or eighty blackmoors in them with bows in their hands who began to shoot at our people as the tide rose one of the guinea boats passed them and landed its crew so that our men were between a fire from the land and a fire from the boats they pulled back as hard as they could but before they could get on board four of them were lying dead and so they began to make sail home again leaving the boats in that they were not able to take charge of them for of the twenty-two who went to land in them there did not escape more than two nineteen were killed for so deadly was the poison that with a tiny wound a mere scratch that drew blood it could bring a man to his last end but above and beyond these was killed our noble knight nuno tristam earnestly desiring life that he might die not a shameful death like this but as a brave man should of seven who had been left in the caravel two had been struck by the poisoned arrows as they tried to raise the anchors and were long in danger of death lying a good twenty days at the last gasp without the power to raise a finger to help the others who were trying to get the caravel home so that only five were left to work the ship 
Nuno's men were saved by the energy and skill of one, a mere boy, a page of the infant's house, who took charge of the ship and steered its course due north, then north by east, so that in two months' time they were off the coast of Portugal. But they were absolutely helpless and hopeless, knowing nothing of their whereabouts, for in all these two months they had had no glimpse of land, so that when at last they caught sight of an armed fusta they were much troubled, supposing it to be a Moorish cruiser. When it came near and showed itself to be a Galatian pirate, the poor fellows were almost wild with delight, still more when they found they were not far from Lagos. They had had a terrible time. First they were almost poisoned by the dead bodies of Nuno Tristam and the victims of the savages' poisoned arrows. Then, when at last they had thrown their honour to the winds and those bodies to the fishes, shame-faced and utterly broken in spirit, the five wretchedly ignorant seamen, who were now left alone, drifted with the boundless and terrible ocean on one side and the still more dangerous and unknown coast of Africa on the other, for sixty days. A common sailor, little enough skilled in the art of sailing, a groom of the prince's chamber, the young hero who saved the ship, a negro boy who was taken with the first captives from Guinea, and two other little lads small enough. This was the crew. As for the rest, Beati, Mortui, Qui, Indomini, Morienter. Blessed are the dead that die in the Lord, cries the chronicler, in that outburst of bewildered grief with which he ends his story. There were widows and orphans left for the prince to care for, and of these he took a special charge. But all the people were not so unlucky as Nuno Tristam. The caravel of Zarco of Madeira, which under Zarco's nephew, Alvaro Fernandez, had already passed beyond every other in the year of the great armada, 1445, was sent back again on its errand of doing service in the unknown lands of Guinea to the Lord Don Henry, in the black year, 1446. Its noble and valiant owner now charged the aforesaid Alvaro Fernandez, with the ship well armed, to go as far as he could, and to try and make some booty that should be so new and so splendid that it would be a sign of his good will to serve the lord who had made him so they sailed on straight to cape verde and beyond that to the cape of masts or spindle palms their farthest of the year before but they did not turn back here in spite of unfriendly natives and unknown shores still coasting along they found tracks of men, and a little farther on a village, where the people came out as men who showed that they meant to defend their homes. In front of them was a champion, with a good target on his arm and an assegai in his hand. This fellow our captain rushed upon, and with a blow of his lance struck him dead upon the ground. Then, running up, he seized his sword and spear 
and kept them as trophies to be offered to the lord infant the negroes fled and the conquerors turned back to their ship and sailed on next day they came to a land where they saw certain of the women of those negroes and seized one who was of age about thirty with her child a baby of two and another a young girl of fourteen the which had a good enough presence and beauty for that country but the strength of the woman was so wonderful that she gave the three men who held her trouble enough to lift her into the boat and seeing how they were kept struggling on the beach they feared that some of the people of the country might come down upon them so one of them put the child into the boat and love of it forced the mother to go likewise without much more pushing thence they went on pursues the story till they came to a river into which they made an entrance with a boat and carried off a woman that they found in a house but going up the river somewhat farther with a mind to make some good booty there came out upon them four or five canoes full of negroes armed as men who would fight for their country whose encounter our men in the boat did not wish to await in face of the advantage of the enemy and fearing above all the great peril of poisoned arrows so they began to pull down stream as hard as they could towards the caravel but as one of the canoes distanced the others and came up close to them they turned upon it and in the fight one of the negroes shot a dart that wounded the captain alvaro fernandez in the foot but he as he had been already warned of the poison drew out the arrow very quickly and bathed it with acid and oil and then anointed it well with theriac and it pleased god that he passed safely through a great trouble though for some days he lay on the point of death and so they got back to the caravel but though the captain was so badly wounded the crew did not stop in following the coast and went on all this was over quite new ground till they came to a certain sand spit directly in front of a great bay here they launched a boat and rowed out to see the land they had come to and at once there came out against them full one hundred twenty negroes some with bows others with shields and assegais and when they reached the edge of the sea they began to play and dance about like men clean wearied of all sadness but our men in the boat wishing to be excused from sharing in that festival of theirs turned and rowed back to the ship now all this was a good one hundred ten leagues three hundred twenty miles beyond cape verde mostly to the south of the aforesaid cape that is about the place of sierra leone on our maps and this caravel remained a longer time abroad and went further than any other ship of that year and but for the sickness of the wounded captain they would not have stopped there but as it was they came straight back to the bank of arguin where they met that chief ahud maimem of whom we have spoken before in the story of joan fernandez and though they had no interpreter 
by whom they might do their business by signs they managed so that they were able to buy a negress in exchange for certain cloths that they had with them and so they came safe home there was not much trouble now in getting volunteers for the work of discovery and a reward of two hundred doubloons one hundred from prince henry one hundred more from the regent don pedro to the last bold explorers who had got fairly round senegambia added zest to enterprise in this same year fourteen forty six to seven no fewer than nine caravels sailed to guinea from portugal in another armada on the track of zarco's successful crew at madeira they were joined by two more and the whole fleet sailed through the canary island group to cape verde eight of them passed sixty leagues one hundred eighty miles beyond and found a river the rio grande of good size enough up which they sailed except one ship belonging to a bishop the bishop of algarve for that this happened to run upon a sandbank in such wise that they were not able to get her off though all the people on board were saved with the cargo and while some of them were busy in this others landed and found the country just deserted by its inhabitants and going on to find them they soon perceived that they had found a track which they chanced on near the place where they landed they followed this track recklessly enough and nearly met the fate of nuno tristam for as they went on by that road they came to a country with great sown fields with plantations of cotton trees and rice plots in a land full of hills like loaves after which they came to a great wood and as they were going into the wood the guineas came out upon them in great numbers with bows and assegais and saluted them with a shower of poisoned arrows the first five europeans fell dead at once two others were desperately wounded the rest escaped to the ships and the ships went no farther that year still worse was the fate of velarte's venture in the early months of fourteen forty eight velarte was a nobleman of the court of king christopher of denmark who had been drawn to the court of henry at Sagres by the growing fame of the prince's explorations and who came forward with the stock request give me a caravel to go to the land of the negroes a little beyond cape verde velarte went on shore with a boat's crew and fell into the trap which had caught the exploring party of the year before he and his men were surrounded by negroes and were shot down or captured to a man but one escaped swimming to the ship and told how as he looked back over his shoulder to the shore again and again he saw velarte sitting a prisoner in the stern of the boat and when the chronicle of these voyages was in writing at the end of this selfsame year there were brought certain prisoners from guinea to prince henry who told them that in a city of the upland in the heart of africa there were four christian prisoners one had died three were living and in these four men in europe believed they had news of velarte and his men 
but between the last voyage of zarco's caravel in 1446 and the first voyage of catamosto in 1455 there is no real advance in exploration the third armada as it was called that is the fleet of the nine caravels of fourteen forty six to seven the voyage of gomez Pires to the rio duoro at the same time the trading ventures of the morocco coast which were the means of bringing the first lion to portugal in fourteen forty seven the expeditions to the rio duoro and to arguen in the course of the same year are not part of the story of discovery but of trade there is hardly a suspicion of exploring interest about most of them even velarte's venture in fourteen forty eight has nothing of the novelty which so many went out to find for the satisfaction of the lord henry guinea voyages are frequent almost constant during these years and this frequency has at any rate the point of making europeans thoroughly familiar with the coast already explored if it did little or nothing to bring in new knowledge but the value and meaning of henry's life and work was not after all in commerce except in a secondary sense and these voyages of purely trading interest with no design or at any rate no result of discovery do not belong to our subject each of them has its own picturesque beauty in the pages of the old chronicle of the conquest of guinea but measured by its importance to the general story of the expansion of europe there is no lasting value in any one of the last chapters of azurara's voyages his description of the canaries and of the inferno of teneriffe of how madeira was peopled and the other islands that are in that part of how the caravel of alvaro dornelias took certain of the canarians of how gomez perez went to the rio de oro and of the moors that he took of the caravel that went to mecca in morocco and of the moors that were taken of how antam gonzalves received the island of lancerote in the name of the prince only the chronicler's summary of results up to the year fourteen forty six the year of nuno tristram's failure is of wider interest till then there had been fifty-one caravels to those parts which had gone four hundred fifty leagues thirteen hundred fifty miles beyond the cape boyador and as it was found that the coast ran southward with many points the prince ordered these to be added to the sailing chart and here it is to be noted that what was already known before of the coast of the great sea was two hundred leagues six hundred miles which have been increased by these four hundred fifty also what had been laid down upon the mapa mundi was not true but was by guesswork but now it is all from the survey of the eyes of our seamen and now seeing that in this history we have given account sufficient of the first four reasons which brought our noble prince to his attempt it is time we said something of the accomplishment of his fifth object the conversion of the heathen 
by the bringing of a number of infidel souls from their lands to this the which by count were nine hundred and twenty-seven of whom the greater part were turned into the true way of salvation and what capture of town or city could be more glorious than this End of chapter 14